In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is my custom when I'm getting ready to preach or I see the preaching list to at least at that time take a quick glance at the readings and then I know more or less what I can think about for the next few weeks. I looked at this one and I sort of blanched and I realized that this was a CP Sunday. Now, CP Sunday is what my private little code for something that I maintain in my uh, heart of hearts on those few occasions when I've rejoiced in the services of an assistant member, preacher, curate preaches. Well, (laughs) after all, who could use the experience more? Think of all the things you have to deal with. Murder, anger, lust, adultery, uh, divorce, remarriage. Why, it's practically a smorgasbord of people you could offend with just about anything you could say. And of course, there's practice for the rector too, because afterwards you can go and say, well, after all, he or she is young, and so don't take offense, etc., etc. Don't blame the rector. Now, that's interesting, because as a matter of fact, all these things come in, and they're part of the Sermon on the Mount, the part we like to skip. Now, that leaves the problem of still, you've got to say something, because when I looked at the other lessons, I discovered they weren't exactly any easier. So not having a curate, I have to sort of go at it myself. One of the troubles we have with commandments in general is they're telling us to do things, mostly things we don't want to do. And as a result, we have various ways of dealing with that. One of which is embraced by a wonderful cartoon in The New Yorker. I happened to see once, which is Moses at the bottom of Sinai, and he decides to send Bill Clinton up the mount to negotiate the commandments. So Bill goes up, and sure enough, eventually he comes down with the two tablets of the law, And uh, he says, folks, I got good news and I got bad news. He says, the good news, I got him down to 10. He says, the bad news, adultery is still in. (laughs) Now, all of us, I think, to a certain extent, would like to solve the problem of the fact that we cannot deal with the commandments, is that we cannot do them, by eliminating a few commandments. In fact, I've got a complete list. But it doesn't work, does it? Because we're dealing with something that St. Paul calls the curse of the law, any law. If you looked in our, we're listening to our first lesson, there are all sorts of wonderful promises about things that we would give given if we kept the law and the things we would suffer 
if we did not keep the law. Now, the trouble is, when we think about it, we don't and can't keep the law. The law promises life. It's a wonderful law, and we can't do it. That's what St. Paul meant by the curse of the law. He said it would be a law that really would save if only we were able to fulfill it, and as a matter of fact, we find that we cannot. Now, one solution, the solution which is very highly favored uh, in this country especially, is we start cutting down the things of we need to do eventually, and that would work just hunky-dory, except for one thing, we can never get the bar low enough. It doesn't matter how low we get everything, we find that as a matter of fact, there are still things that we find ourselves doing. Now, I was told as a boy, as an article of faith, that all people are sinners. And I believed it, except that the message I got from the Episcopal Church I attended was that Episcopalians didn't have sins, Episcopalians had peccadilloes. That is, we needed to be excused, but we didn't require being forgiven. Well, now that's a problem. Because as a matter of fact, I'm aware that as a person and in many other ways, I sin greatly, always. So I thought, what are we going to do with all these commandments? And then we come to something like the Sermon on the Mount, which has all the passages that we were reading today. Now, these passages sound great, but they're obviously a commentary on the law, on the Torah. And if you think about it, the reason the evangelist put Jesus on a mountain when he gave these is this whole section of what can be divided into five, and it's obviously a parallel uh, with the five books of Moses that make up the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Matthew was obviously trying to make a comment on those things. Now, it looked as though what he was saying was even worse than the Ten Commandments. What we heard today was, well, you heard it said of old time, thou shalt not commit murder. But I say, don't even get angry. You're, what makes you liable to the hell of fire is telling your brother or sister that uh, calling them thou fool. Ditto adultery. Um, You know, even Jimmy Carter had trouble with this one. Uh, He, as a very bravely, as a sitting president, gave an interview with Playboy. And they asked him about this passage, and he had to admit that he had looked after a woman with lust in her heart, his heart from time to time. So how do we deal with this? And likewise, again, 
uh, as we keep going, we find each and every time. Now, if all of these things are commandments, commandments like the ones given on the Sinai, we're in real trouble. Because what we've seen is that in addition to the simple doing of adultery or the simply commission of murder or the simple commission of uh, bearing false witness, uh, we find ourselves brought up against each time with what we were feeling, what was happening in our heart, what was going on in our mind. Suddenly, sin has been much broader. Now, that would be terrible knowledge if these were commandments. If somehow we were commanded to feel all the right things, as well as do all the right thing, deeds, we'd be in real trouble. It'd be terribly tyrannical. And that, of course, is one of the ways in which people experience Christianity. Terribly, terribly requiring always to be able to pull ourselves up and save ourselves. And we can't do it. And that's the curse of the law. But that is not what the gospel is about. The gospel is about a relationship between each and all of us and the living Lord who desires to be working through and with all that we do wrong and bring us to a loving and complete relationship with him. Something we can't achieve for ourselves, we can only do by putting our trust in Jesus Christ whom he sent. Now, I've always been rather uncomfortable with that. The reason I've been uncomfortable is because, well, I'm a half-breed. Everybody has heard this, but I'm half French and half Anglo-Saxon. And the Anglo-Saxon half of me is very, very uncomfortable with being a sinner. That's the part of me that wants to keep lowering the bar and never gets it lower enough. The French half of me is fairly comfortable with where the bar is, but I'm also fairly comfortable with being a sinner. Now that's the hard part. I, Richard Paul Dajon, am not merely a committer of picadillos. I am a sinner. And I have to therefore accept the fact that I fall short in many ways as do everyone else. Now, this was a shock when I visited my family in France. You know, most of what I encountered here was the American Anglo-Saxon thing. I got over there and I found that the French, at least as I know them in my own family, would say, oh, well, yes, it's a piché. C'est un piché, you fought up there. You know, don't do it. But... She can't help it. (laughs) That is, on the other hand, they're comfortable with the fact that that they are sinners, everyone else is sinning, and they have to find a way to work within that particular set of parameters. Now, this is a case of do what he says, not what he does. 
I'm afraid the Anglo-Saxon half is right there to the fore. Every time I can't do something I'm supposed to, I want to change the list of sins. But I'd like to be more like my French half and realize that, sure, I can't do anything about that, but I can be part of a relationship with God that will enable me to become fully and totally a child of God who is a sinner. That is God's purpose. That is why even the lessons we had today are good news. So what I'd like to suggest in the coming week is that, one, you make a commitment to the commandments. You also make a commitment to being a sinner and accepting that and accepting God's forgiveness. And then I would like to suggest that you recite every day this week the collect for today, which puts it in a nutshell. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers. And because in our weakness we can do nothing good without you, give us the help of your grace that in keeping your commandments we may please you both in will and deed through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. You can't do anything good without him. Rejoice and be a sinner. And now to God the Father, God the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, be ascribed as is most justly due, almighty majesty, power, dominion, and praise.